Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Google has stepped into the gaming market. And they didn't come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> oh my sort God. of like a wet fart in a theater. Welcome to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up today on Checkpoint XP Daily. What did games that were made 15 years ago think the future would be in 2020? Plus, we're going to check out who failed it this hour and China. Back in the headlines, they're trying to ban kids from arcades. Those conversations coming up here today on Checkpoint XP. But we start today talking about Stadia, the much-anticipated uh, System. I don't know if you can even call it a system. They're kind platform. of platform. Platform. That's a Service. good way to put it. Service, maybe. I think all of those can probably be applied to Stadia. Although console, I'm not sure. No, despite not. what their marketing might say. Yeah. So Google Stadia. Uh, basically, the premise here is that you can stream the games that you want to stream on any device that you want to. Hold on, Robbie. What, what? do you mean by stream? Being able to just play without having to download anything, the game just goes straight into your into your device. So, you so use. it's the Netflix of video games. That's exactly it. Well, that's what they were hoping that it, that, that it would be. Ah, uh, launched only twenty two games, which, as far as launch libraries go, uh, it's it's a little slim, especially considering that none of these games are really new. They're all stuff that you may have already bought or played. What at are we some talking point. here? Uh, we're looking at stuff like uh, Destiny Two, for example, Final no. Fantasy Fifteen. No, no absolutely. Fall Manager Twenty Twenty. No, double no. Nobody's played that, but it's not because it's new or anything. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint is on here. Mortal Kombat Eleven, Red Dead Redemption Two. I mean, there's some good games. There's on some good. Here. But everybody already has those. Yeah, games. Th- that's that's really kind of the big problem. And and Norris, you had said something a moment ago that this is like the Netflix for video games. Although, unlike Netflix, it still charges you money to purchase the games that you don't then get to download on your own computer. Yes, uh, you just purchase the right to stream them, and by the way, that's no cheaper than the normal retail price of the game. Yeah, um, currently right now, the only, well, the first people in the door to use Google Stadia were the people who pre-ordered. They got like a special founder's pack or something. You got a special controller and stuff like that. But eventually, this will be opened up to everyone and the ability to join the service won't cost anything, but you will be purchasing games for streaming. Okay, so you know what? If I don't already own, you know, a piece of gaming hardware, this actually sounds like a hell of a deal for me. I mean, it definitely can be, especially if you're somebody who one doesn't own a console or two doesn't own a beefy, hefty gaming PC. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there will be games, hopefully, that you played on PC or could play on PC. That will be coming to this service that you wouldn't necessarily begin to, you know, play on any other platform. All right. But there's got to be a catch here, though. If I'm not having to spend five hundred dollars on a console to get in the door for these games, where's the catch? The concern here is over the data cap. Streaming these games directly to your devices. uh, We're being told that it can be upwards of 20 gigabytes an hour if you're on 4K gaming, which you don't need to be. (laughs) So if you're doing it at a reasonable amount, which is probably about like 1080p, 60 frames per second. 
Listen, you're looking at about six gigabytes an hour. But which- Robbie, but Robbie, wait. I got unlimited data. Uh, I would check with your data provider because you probably don't actually. But look, if, if you're oh, so it could raise my cable bill. It could if okay. you're if you're playing right. 10, I knew there was a catch. hours a month. But think about it. If if you're only maybe uh, let's say that you know between. Uh, when you're at work, you're on your lunch, you want to play some Red Dead Redemption 2 on your phone, right? If you're only playing three to four hours a week, not that bad. Head to CheckpointXP.com for the latest in esports and gaming news. All right, we got a call in on the uh, Checkpoint XP hotline. Let's check it out. Hey, it's Tim from Washington. I've been hearing a little bit about the Google Stadia, but are th- what are the games like? I, I want to get it, but I don't know if it's worth dropping all that money. So we actually brought in investor in Stadia and uh, uh, producer for the show, Joe. Uh, you actually own a Stadia. You invested in it. You laid down the money for this. Yeah, I don't know if I want investor in Stadia on my business card. Too bad. It's the it's title there. that you're getting for today. Great. Uh, yeah, I did I did uh, pick up Stadia, and I did try it out quite a bit over the weekend. It works. It definitely is kind of like what they bill it as. You want to play a game wherever you happen to be without having to worry about a download time or a patch time or anything like that. It works. Uh, input lag wasn't really noticeable, so it was, that was good. D- d- do you wish you might have waited, though, a little bit? You know what I've kind of come to the conclusion of? This is isn't made for me. It, really? It's not, it is not a system that was made for me. And I, I was talking to my cousin Tim about it, right? So he is an older gamer. He's about 10 years older than I am. And one of the things that he always talks to me about is like, you know, I'd love to get into this game, but I have a PS3. I don't have a PS4, and there's no game that's worth me buying a PS4 to get. Stadia is a perfect solution to that. You don't ever have to worry about keeping up on your hardware. Just buy a game that you want to play and play it. Interesting take. Thank you very much, Joe, for uh, coming in here and lending some expertise. And also, thank you to Tim as well. All right, it's time for Checkpoint XP's Close Shave of the Week. Stay close to the heat. Close shave. Turn out. on Checkpoint XP. And this week's close shave goes out to Gen G Esports, who clinched their victory at the PUBG Global Championships in the closest way possible. Your 2019 PGC champions, Gen G. These guys have stepped up when it mattered. That was one hell of a game to close us out, as it was just so back and forth towards the tail end of it. It was you could see so many teams. Just trying their hearts out. All right, so Gen G Esports clinched their victory at the PUBG Global Championships by winning no games on the final day. Wow. Zero. They won in purely kill points and from their performance from day one. That's about as close of a tournament victory as you can get. Make sure you check out Checkpoint XP's Close Shave of the Week over at our website, Checkpoint XP. So the Game Awards are coming up December 12th. These are the awards that are put on by Jeff Keighley every year. They kind of spun out of the Game Awards that used to appear on Spike TV. Now they're available online, YouTube and Twitch. They'll be streaming them live and a ton of different categories and a ton of different games being announced uh, for those uh, for those awards. Yeah, so we're going to go through some of the nominees here. Uh, up for Game of the Year is Control, Death Stranding, despite only coming out a few weeks ago, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Resident Evil 2 Remake, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Worlds. So, it's a really good list. Yeah, it is. It's it is pretty good. It is a very good list. So I thought as we kind of go through these that we would give our own predictions for the categories. Well, I love a lot of these games. I don't think you can deny the success of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I- 
It's yeah. pretty tough. I mean, you know, that came out last December. It set the 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 world on fire, the competitive world and the, you know, just casual. Everyone owns this game. Yeah, if you own a Switch, you own Smash. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, that's pretty hard to argue with. If I was going with a favorite out of this list, I would have to go with Death Stranding. For best score in music, we have The Cadence of Hyrule, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, pull my devil trigger, <laughs> oh, Kingdom no. Hearts. Three and Sayonara Wild Hearts. I'm giving my vote to Devil May Cry Five. Uh, I'm Death Stranding again. The music is really good. An in that impeccable game. soundtrack. Mostly, it was low roar songs low that were roar, in. obscure Scandinavian prog rock. <laughs> oh, I love Hideo Kojima, but yes, he does have a fascination with prog rock. But also, uh, great original music in there from churches yes. as well, who actually performed years ago on the Game Awards, which makes me wonder if maybe that wasn't the first time that Hideo mm-hmm. Kojima was introduced to churches, and maybe that's where that uh, that meeting of the minds came to, uh, to actually happen. For best ongoing game, they have Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. One of these things is not <laughs> like the other ones. Yeah, one of these games is actually very very old at this point came all came out all the way back in 2010 yeah or at least the first version of it did before they went back and fixed it of course i'm talking about final fantasy 14 uh this would not be who gets my vote but i don't think any other game in this category does get my vote i think i have to abstain from this one <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest because none of those games i think particularly really Blew Destiny me away. Two turned themselves but around, though they did. But Fortnite got on the front page of New York Times. That's fair, like you know, with the with the season two announcement, it's a part of the cultural zeitgeist. As much as I actually want to say Final Fantasy fourteen, because that game because Shadowbringers was good, yeah. it's very good. But I'm gonna have to go with Fortnite. All right, All right uh, let's uh, shift some gears here, and I want to actually check out some of these esports uh, uh, categories as well. Absolutely. Uh, for best esports host, we have Candice Golden. Boy, Red Eye, Machine, Golden Boy. Wow. Hands down, I will always go for Golden Boy. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's got to be Golden Boy. Uh, he's had an, a monumental year, not just in esports, but also breaking into commentating for wrestling mm-hmm. for AEW. I mean, that's that's the hottest wrestling promotion in the United States right now. Like, I don't know how you can argue with Golden Boy. No, without a doubt, it's Golden Boy. Absolutely. Best esports event. We have the 2019 Overwatch League Grand Finals, Evo 2019, the Fortnite World Cup. I am Katavise 2019, League of Legends World Championship 2019, of course, the International 2019. <sighs> you, Look, you know it was great, but oh. the Fortnite, no, the Fortnite World Cup, man. Yeah, the it was, it was definitely monumental. Here's the thing. We talked last week on the show about the eSports Awards, which is different from the Video Game Awards, by the way, uh, that League of Legends actually ended up taking it for best eSports event uh, for their awards. I don't, I mean, Worlds... Man, it's tough to argue I that. Go worlds, man, dude, that that uh, true damage performance was and true damage yes, was amazing. Yeah. No, but here's the here's the thing, Robbie, is that 
everybody talked about the Overwatch, or excuse me, the uh, Fortnite World Cup. Why? Because of the prize pool and because of what Booga walked away with, not because of the event itself. All right. Well, listen, we want to hear from you. Uh, what are your predictions for the Video Game Awards? Remember, they're coming around December 12th. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. The latest esports news is right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Fox Sports 1350 AM in Riverside, San Bernardino, as well as CBS Sports Radio 1450 in Reno, Nevada. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP. We're going to find out what games made about 15 years ago were saying the future would be like in 2020. Plus, we got to check out Nailed It and Failed It and China back in the headlines for what they're doing to arcades in their country. Those conversations still ahead here on Checkpoint XP. But first... Oh my god! Overwatch League prepares for home and away matches next year. The Dallas Fuel are looking to move into Victory Park. Team Envy, the owners of the Fuel, are set to create a whole new facility so that the Fuel can join the Mavericks and the Stars. Wow. This is cool. You know, again, we're seeing more and more. I think this is the better sort of move for a lot of these teams is sort of partnering with a larger organization that sure. has a facility. That way, you're really only paying rent, kind of. You're not <laughs> building a whole huge uh, esports apparatus with a massive financial undertaking. Well, st- stadiums, I would say, in the last 10 years have had to kind of shift their business model. And, you know... They're smaller now, too. They're small. They're, overall, they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Their capacity is smaller. And I think, you know, musicians are not looking to play those size venues anymore. I think most musicians are looking to play mid-size yeah. venues, mid-size stages. Yeah, I think you're both on the right track here. This isn't just good for the fuel. It's also good for Victory Plaza. Yes. It, it brings everyone in. And, and uh, specifically, they're building a 21,000-square-foot space above the current facilities that will be dedicated to team training and content creation for Team Envy's various organizations. Very Very cool. cool. Atlanta Esports Venture is set to launch an entirely new facility for the Atlanta Reign with a $100 million investment. Well, now you got it going one way, now you got it going the total other. Yep, the plan is to have the Reign headquarters exist in Midtown, which is the busy commercial area and a vibrant arts hub for the city. Now, to compare this to, to what some of the other teams are doing, uh, the only other team that we know of that's building its own facility is the Philadelphia Fusion. Yeah. $50 million. See, now, I think this is a much, much more risky way to oh, go. Yes. And quite because, worrying. Oh, yeah, because now you have to figure out what else to do with that $100 million facility when, you know, uh, say the OWL is on offseason. And or they've specifically said at, this, is, yeah. this is only for the rain because Atlanta has uh, their Call of Duty team, FaZe, uh, uh, you 
you know, Face Clan's team coming in. This is just going to be for the rain, they say. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how this works out. Me either. You're going to have a building standing empty like two thirds <laughs> out of the year. Uh-oh. Cloud Nine is in some hot water as they've been fined for violating a rule regarding employee stock plans for the company's League of Legends competitive league. Tisk tisk tisk. The tisk. problem at hand is that the team issued equity to several players, which violates a rule added in November 2017 that prohibits owners acting as players and players from owning a portion of the team they play on. The amount of the fines could total somewhere between $330,000 and $605,000. I mean, and this continues to be a huge deal. Now, there is a stipulation with that rule to if you've played with one franchise, I believe, longer than three seasons, I think you that's can right, yes. take an equity deal. Correct. But uh, they issued it to seven players. Yeah, and that's the issue is that... The whole team also owns a portion of the team, or at least we're offered equity in the team. It's a massive violation, and you know it's easy to see they're running a little low on cash based on what their uh, Overwatch team, the London Spitfire, looks like oh, this season. Ouch! After helping to propel Clutch Gaming slash Dignitas to worlds this season, AD carry Cody Sun is making the move to 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves are looking to revamp their bot lane and are looking to pair him with promoted Academy player Stunt. Interesting. Yeah. What's move this going to do for the thieves? Because they did not do too well last season. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if bot lane was their only issue. Uh, it will improve them, but at the same time, I'm not necessarily sure if it really truly gets them over the hump. With all the new news coming from Hundred Thieves, the odd man out is Afromu. The veteran support main was frozen out of the team's plans for next season after a disappointing finish in both splits of 2019. Afromu is currently exploring free agency. Yeah, Ouch, yeah. Poor Afromu. Yeah, it sucks, but you know he's he's pretty much been a part of the LCS since I believe the first season. I think he's only yeah. missed the summer split of the first season. Uh, outside of that, he's been with CLG for a number of years now. Hundred Thieves. I think he'll find himself landing somewhere, but I think it may be time to maybe think about a coaching role or something like that. Is there a cutoff for players kind of in that scene? Like essentially, once you hit an age or a number of teams, are you kind of getting bumped from there? I mean, it seems like it's yeah. around twenty-eight, approaching thirty, Ugh. right? Like it's not—it's not real old. But I think it's a massive issue because you're seeing a lot of players come in from uh, from LEC, the European region, the League of Legends to the LCS in North America and I think it really poses a strong question of what is happening to the youth scene in North American League of Legends. Why is there no new blood? Straight up, if you're 25, 26 years old and you are not already uh, sitting on top of the, the hill Game over. Then you're pretty much done. You're done. Yeah. There have been no shortage of roster moves happening in the Overwatch League, but one team that's been holding back is the London Spitfire. They had released nearly all of their roster, but announced no pickups, leaving fans a bit worried. They finally revealed their full eight-man team, and it's got some people scratching their heads. Okay, explain this to me. Why is this confusing? So, uh, the London Spitfire was a team, inaugural season champions of the Overwatch League. Yep. They had a Korean player core yep. that over the past couple seasons has been chipped away at, but they retained most of that core. They lost massive names. They, they no lost Bedosin, all of them. No Bird Ring, no uh, Closer. The only person they still have on their team that was there before is Krillin, and he rode the bench for most of the season. And we wow. all know what happens to Krillin in Dragon oh, Ball. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that this team is going to underperform, but they have a lot of Tier 2 talent they've brought up, which may pay off for them, but I don't think it's going to pay off 
to start with. I, I'm not, we haven't they seen have no money, experience on the big stage. We haven't seen the money ball system work in Overwatch yet, so I'm not sure if this will necessarily pay off for them. Interesting. That's all for the Checkpoint XP Esports Gaming Update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. One of the earliest conversations we ever had on this show was uh, what would it take for an esports athlete to appear on a box of Wheaties? We haven't got there yet, but Hungry Box of Team Liquid and his mom were recently in a commercial for Campbell's Soup. And actually, I kind of wanted to take a like take a look at that commercial. Amazing! A surprise save from Hungry Box's mother. Your moves were a little bit off, son. You must be hungry. Fuel up on Campbell's chunky soup. Thanks, mom. Now let's smash this noob. Superb victory! Camel's Chunky, the soup that eats like a meal. I really enjoy this commercial. I think this is great. By the way, friend of the show, Hungry Box, one of the Smash gods. Best of, of all time. Uh, one of the best Super Smash Brothers players of all time, and probably someone who is in the esports scene, the, uh, reached the level of a Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah. Getting on a Campbell's Soup commercial with his mom. Uh, his mom is adorable. Horrible, by She's the great. way. She just feels like, it, it, you know how when you watch a TV show and there's a mom character and you're like, oh, I wish she was my mom. Like you know? June Cleaver. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of the same vibe that you got going on here. Uh, kind of pays homage to some of the, the Campbell's Chunky Soup I, ads. I was just about to say, I grew up back in the day. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I grew up watching you know, the Green Bay Packers. I think we're in most of them you know, with their moms bringing them Chunky Soup in the locker rooms. That's exactly, That's exactly what, what this is. is. That's ex- and, yes. You know, it, it's so cool to see because you're right. It's not quite the Wheaties box moment, but at the same time, I love seeing these old brands. Campbell's Soup was like the old, like the oldest brands, like Coca Cola old yeah. as a brand, and them having a the wherewithal to take a chance on the esports commercial and not make it overwhelmingly stupid. Yes, it is just stupid it's enough. Ju- it's just silly yeah. enough to be, to be able to work exactly like the "Let's go smash these noobs" line, yeah. like. <laughs> There's not, uh, and it's way better to have his mom do it yes, than him. Yes, and and that totally endeared me to not just the commercial but the product overall. I think this is a really really smart ad. Yeah, no, I agree, and I want to see more ads like this because you know, like we said, we remember the we remember it's the, the whole the, reason I the eat the chunky, chunky soup. soup still. Yeah, like it's at home in my uh, cupboard. I got right some now. Ad in my desk right now, <laughs> waiting to be consumed flat out, man. Now, I mean, kind of the big. question question about this is how big of a campaign is this ad going to be? How often am I going to be seeing this on my TV? Was this something that was made for YouTube only advertising? That part of it is not totally clear. But if I'm watching Cartoon Network, you know, with my little cousins or something, uh, I I fully expect to see this ad on TV. And I think that that's really awesome because that's going to be creating a new uh, sort of echelon of of esports stars, and I can't think of anyone better than Hungry Box to be that face. But I'll push back on that right quick. Is a simple the simple thing to say? That's not the demo they're trying to capture by running it on Twitch and YouTube. That's where the eyeballs for the youth are. They're not watching TV. They're watching YouTube I, videos. They're watching and there both. Are, and there are ads that you know. 
if if you get served another Grammarly ad on YouTube, <laughs> you're probably going to pull your hair out. And you know each ad, at least the first five seconds of it, front to back. So seeing these ads on Twitch and on YouTube, I will argue, will be more effective I'm and endear and endear them I'm to not, the audience. I'm not saying either or I'm saying both and and I think that you know this you got to meet kids where they are and clearly this is where they are listen we want to hear from you what did you think of hungry boxes Campbell's ad connect with us on social media that's checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and when you do make sure you use the hashtag XP on air still ahead on checkpoint XP China's back in the headlines because they're trying to keep kids under 18 from going into arcades but ahead next what did games made 15 or 20 years ago say about the year 2020. We're going to check that out ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Don't go, go. AFK on us. Follow, follow us online at CheckpointXP.com This is Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio CheckpointXP.com You know, it's about to be 2020, and there's more than a few video games who have sent their futuristic setting in 2020. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening out in Indiana on 1220 and 97.9 WSLM in Salem and WSBT 960 in South Bend. By the way, Black Friday is upon us, and if you're looking for something for the gamer in your life, then why not pick up some Checkpoint XP swag? We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for anyone into the gamer lifestyle. Check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. 2020 is a pseudo-futuristic setting for games that were maybe made back in, you know, like 1992, 1984. A little sooner than you think, too, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, since it's been such a, uh, you know, uh, uh, a well-used futuristic setting, we thought we would kind of take a look at what video games have used 2020 as a setting. And, Norris, I kind of understand that you've decided to do a Jeopardy-style... That's right. Uh, a quiz on us to see if we can guess which game you're talking about. That's right. So I will describe a game uh, and, you know, what they said about the future. The future. And you guys will then guess what game it is. All right. Savvy? I got that. Are we going against each other? Or can we like, you know? No, of course we're keeping points. All right. You know, uh, all right. New man. Joe, yeah. make sure you keep score. Yeah, let's let's see about that. Come on, Robbie. All right. Here we go. So starting out. An absurdist take on the GTA Sandbox game, this game in 2020 sees a gang leader become president of the U.S. fighting off an alien invasion. Oh, I know this one. It's Saints Row 4? Ah, uh, what is Saints Row 4, Robbie Norris. gets the point. What? Nailed it! Ha! It's no. Jeopardy, man. Jeopardy, man. You said so yourself. You gotta say what? The, it's a question. That's nonsense. Anyway, <laughs> that was the easy one. I'll give you another easy one. Uh... Uh, first, by the way, that came out in 2013. So, wow. <laughs> uh, in this game, you battle against the North Korean army while outfitted with the most advanced nanotech battle suit. It was also known for frying your graphics card. Oh man! Uh, oh, what is Armored Core? Incorrect. What is Daikatana? 
Incorrect. No. It is what is Crisis, which oh, came out in 2007. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That did. I. I. The. It's. It was the graphics card that threw me off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, there hasn't been a new armored core that would have been able to do that. That's right. Now. That's right. So here we go. Here's. Here's a deep cut. Uh-oh. All right. The future is incredibly bright and filled with hoverboards and helicopter men. You zip across a magnetic highway in the shadow of a giant neon city. I will give you a clue. This is not a game. This is a stage in a game. Oh, man. Oh, I have no idea. Come on. I have no idea. I'll give you one more. Okay, one more hint. It is a Konami game with a well-known IP. Oh, no. This is all you, man. Uh, Time. Yeah, I don't know. It's the Neon Knight Rider stage from Turtles in Time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was a deep Right. That's oh, a super man. deep cut. All right, here's the one last more. one. The one last more. one. All right. Man-sized robots throw 200-mile-an-hour fastballs and fans sit beneath glass as to not be killed by the flaming line drives. What is it? Oh, he was just talking about this one the other day in the office. Now I know why, oh, but I can't remember it what it was. You know if you can't get it, I win. He yeah. can't get it. I, it's 2020 Super Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it? On Checkpoint XP Radio. It's time for Nailed It and Failed It. This week, we actually start off with who failed it. And this week's failed it goes to Cloud9's League of Legends team. Cloud9 was found $175,000 and climbing for paying their players in stock, and their team roster has been gutted with several players being traded away. Even fan favorite Sneaky had this to say on a recent Twitch stream. Because then it feels like I'm trying to fight back my spot against people that didn't want me to be there, or with people that didn't want me to be there. And uh, just to think, two years ago, Cloud9 was on top of the world. Stick around, because next hour, we're going to find out who nailed it. And as always, you can find Nailed It and Failed It over at a website, CheckpointXP.com. Need to stay up to date. I need that. Head to CheckpointXP.com for the latest in esports and gaming news. So each month we like to take a look at the uh, new game releases that are coming out in next month. So why don't we take a look at the new releases due out in December? Yep. So uh, December 3rd actually has three different games dropping. The first is Arise, a simple story on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. This is that one that it, it looked like Santa Claus, like making a journey through like the afterlife. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Remember I remember one? that. Yeah. yeah. It's Journey, but with Santa. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Uh, we also have the Blair Witch game for the PS4 drops then as well. Man, you gonna play that? I might actually play that. I actually still have nightmares about the original Blair Witch movie. So, and this, like, the trailer made this look very creepy. Yep. So, I'm definitely uh, thinking about checking it out. Uh, the Fight and Rage is actually something that Norris might be uh, interested in. Set in a far future where humans are enslaved by mutants, Fight and Rage is a side scroller beating them up, inspired by the classics from the 90s arcade. You gems. would think, but I'm not. Oh, fair enough then. Uh, also going to see uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection uh, drop on PC at the same time that Halo Reach drops on PC and Xbox That's a One. big deal, though. That's mm-hmm. a big deal. Halo is one of the OG esports. And also, on December 3rd, Life is Strange 2, Episode 5. Yeah. Uh, I wish Joe were here to be able to sound off on this because uh, that's one of his absolute you can ask new favorite Joe. games. Uh, uh, do you play Life is Strange, Weirdbeard? I have. I don't think I'm current if it's Episode 5 well, that's coming out. Neither is 
he? Uh, we also have actually uh, Scar- or Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions coming out on the PC, PS4, and Switch on December 3rd. Uh, are you guys familiar with Saga? No. The comic really? I am. All right, so- yes. <laughs> Saga is a role-playing game that was actually co-developed by Square Enix yeah. and Studio Real. Oh, you mean like Saga, like Saga Frontier? This yes. is the 12th entry in that series. And they're horrible. Yeah, they're not great. They're dreadful and boring. Well, actually, the still music's going good. on, apparently. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Music's good. You I know- will play Romancing Saga 3, though. Uh, Star Ocean First Departure R is coming out on December 5th. You know, these have become such huge anime trope games from yeah. what, you know, back in like the day. Uh, 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 my ver- one of my very first RPGs was actually Star Ocean Second Story. Dude, Star Ocean, what was it? Lufia, mm-hmm. Grandia, Ark the Lad, all Man. those East. Like all those get like JRPG Final Fantasy clones I that came out in the nineties. Loved Grandia. Loved Grandia. Oh, Grandia is great. It's such a good. Like both of the games are really unique in the JRPG space. Yeah. Norris, with your uh, uh, love for Sims, I have to wonder if you're going to be picking up Ancestors: The Humankind Odyssey on PS4 or Xbox December sixth. Nah. No, you don't want to do that one where, <laughs> no. you, where you play through millions of years of evolution. No, I mean, listen, I, I respect what that game is trying to do. I think it's really, really innovative. Mm-hmm. However, it looks like the most boring foolishness I've ever seen in my I life. I just played a walking simulator. I don't need to play an evolution simulator. All right, let me rapid fire a few of these now because we only go up to about December 17th before they stop. Assassin's Creed, the Rebel Collection on Switch, December 6th. Dragon Quest Builders 2 on PC, December 10th. Uh, Return to Jurassic Park DLC for Jurassic World Evolution right, on December cool. 10th for just about everything. Jurassic Park is the thing out of this list that seems cool to you. Yeah, so if you want to see these games and a bunch more from 2020 that are set in 2020, slide over to CheckpointXP.com where you can see our web posting on this very subject. We want to hear from you. What are you picking up from uh, this new games list coming out in December? Connect with us on social media. That's CheckpointXP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram, and when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are on break, but they'll be back in early 2020. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. November will wrap up with DreamHack Open Winter. That'll be running from November 29th through December the 1st. December will play host to the Capcom Cup, bringing the world's best Street Fighter players together. That event will run from December 13th through the 15th in Los Angeles. December 13th through the 15th will also play host to the DreamHack Open Sevilla, welcoming CSGO players from around the world. Wrapping up the esports year will be Epicenter 2019 in Moscow. That'll be running December 17th through the 22nd. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with Dream League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th in Leipzig, Germany. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. 
China has already restricted how much money and time folks under the age of 18 can spend with video games. And now they're coming to the arcades and net cafes as well. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600, 104.3 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. You've been asking for it and it's finally here. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity, and low team damage. Plus, we've got a brand new shirt and hoodie that's available for a limited time this fall and holiday season. Check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. The Chinese government has come to arcades and net cafes to ask them to stop admitting those under the age of 18 to the premises unless it's a school holiday. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you read that right. This is uh, absurd. Yeah, this, this is, it isn't a law this time. There's no actual bans going in, but the Ministry of Culture and Tourism uh, did suggest that, as you said, any arcades or internet cafes, they ban anyone under the age of 18 from entering unless it is a school holiday. And they said that this will promote the healthy development of the industry and meet the growing needs of the people for a better life. This is some dystopian Akira type stuff, okay? Like, I mean, the you time know, frames are about lining up. Now, you know so. what this is going. You know what this is going to lead to. This is going to lead to underground and black market oh internet God. cafes and, that's, that's and that's anime waiting that to happen. Kind of awesome, actually. But you know what? As soon as I heard this, I thought instantly back to the uh, incident earlier this year with Blitz Chung. And just a refresher: Blitz Chung was a Hearthstone player. Yep. Who uh, went out on a stream and made very pro Hong Kong uh, protest statements after um, winning a tournament? After winning yes. a tournament, and and the Chinese government reached out to Blizzard uh, through Tencent. They essentially said, you know, hey man, you got to get rid of him. Uh, but not like, but not like get rid not of like, him. Not like rub him. him out. But right. like oh the thing God. is, is like for me, it's hard not to see the parallels of. Okay, Blitz Chung makes his statements, he gets banned, and then a month, less than a month later, there's a huge ban on, you know, children and their ability to play video games. And now, in conjunction with that, there's government agents now going to arcades and, and net cafes and telling them not to admit people under the age of 18. It's hard for me is, not is to your make the... tinfoil hat on there? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's, it's hard for me not to see all of this put together and just draw a logical conclusion. Blitz Tongue has started a wave of the Chinese government starting to not want video games in that country, man. Uh, it, listen, this is a pretty convenient argument to say anti-government sentiment is coming in and it's coming in through video games that we're importing from other countries. I think that that's a very convenient sort of propaganda line to be able to tow. And I think it's going to be very interesting the way that this issue ends up evolving and continuing, whether there is more of a concerted uh, effort to crack down on video games in that country. But do you think that this is just kneecapping the esports talent, the future esports talent that could be coming out of the region? They just won worlds. They're, you know, China is extremely competitive in almost every game that they compete 
Brandon, is this going to ruin an entire generation of esports talent? You're not going to see it right now, but when you look at the skill gap that exists between someplace like South Korea in North America, when they've had 15 years of infrastructure built into their scene, 10 or 15 years from now, China's not going to be anywhere on the map if this continues. Need to stay up to date. I need that. Head to CheckpointXP.com for the latest in esports and gaming news. Norris, have you ever wanted to ask Robbie a question? Yeah, like what is it like to sell cattle? <laughs> I mean, That's right, work. farm boy. Listen, if you want to ask any question under the moon to any of the Checkpoint XP radio hosts, it's really easy to do. All you have to do is connect with us on social media, Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram, and then send us a DM. Sound off on your favorite video games, gaming news, or your favorite teams, or just say what's up. So time to switch gears and talk about VR. We got the big announcement from Valve last week that Half-Life Alex is coming to VR platforms. And this got a pretty big reaction from us here in the uh, newsroom. Uh, I think that it's really interesting that Valve is putting out some exclusive software for VR headsets. Because as soon as VR hit in a kind of mainstream capacity, what we asked was, what would it take for someone to invest in a VR headset. Now, personally, Half-Life Alex doesn't get it done for me, but I wanted to pose the question out to you guys. What is it going to take for a, a uh, you know game developer? What kind of software, what kind of features have to exist out there for you personally to lay out the money for a VR headset? Well, I already did so about four years ago when the first sort of big VR craze had sort of passed through E3. You know, there was a lot of big VR stuff that was coming out. Uh, specifically, I think it was uh, Resident Evil 7. There were a lot of ports. There were a lot of ports that's that what were it was. Out. See, I had looked at it and I had thought there's no way I can't get a VR. There's so much coming out on it. And that's the part that sort of caught me is that they were ports. It wasn't just VR stuff. So I'm playing right. them in the VR and it's not really, it's cool but I don't think it justified the money when I could have played it just as easily on the console. They, as well. they, me, they let, haven't done it for me, man. Let me ask you a question, though. Did you feel burned by that? Like, after you bought it and you've been playing it for a while, you got to experience Knowing that Knowing what I set. know now, do I wish I hadn't have invested? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Norris, you had just said it doesn't get it done for you. What has to be there to get it done? It's too expensive. It costs too much damn money. Flat out, man. Like, I understand it's a, it's no a matter new, the game. No, it's a, it, no matter the game. If they put Cyberpunk out the, 2077 VR only. If I got to spend an extra two hundred dollars to play it, I'm not buying it. Sorry. What if there's four like AAA games out for it? If only? it costs a extra two hundred dollars for me to invest in it, it's too much. Honestly, I think that that's VR's biggest problem right now is that if you go out and you spend the money on the headset, you need an additional piece of hardware to make it run. Either you need the PlayStation 4 or you need a high powered PC. We need. To be able to run it to come built into the console, you know, or to or the headset is the console itself. That would be part of it. Yeah, exactly. I think that the the technology needs to shrink enough to where the the headset is self contained at the least, right? Where you have maybe even a backpack that you can put on for the headset. By the way, that's like an extra seven cords. Just letting you know, exactly the amount of cords that you have to you end up feeling like you're hooked up to a whole bunch of tubes and machines, and it's 
it's and it's very uncomfortable to play for long stretches and long periods of time. So, you know, I think at least for me, it would take some kind of game that I am hard, hardcore invested in already to make it exclusive to the platform. And then... Only if I already have the gaming PC would I be open. But listen to, to all those. But listen to all headset. those conditions. Listen to all those conditions that you put on that. Like that's what I'm saying. VR hasn't got to that point to where they say I know enough is coming out on this from the from the layout that I'll buy it knowing the good stuff is coming. Hold on though, I want to kind of reset your expectations here because I don't think paralleling buying a headset is to a console is exactly a parallel. I think a better parallel to draw is are you going to make an investment in a headset or a television, right? Because that's your display. That's where the display is ultimately living. So, you know, in terms of prices versus television, actually, those headsets are pretty competitive. Yeah, but I get more use out of my television than just playing this game. My television is used for all my streaming and at this point can also be used as a sex screen for my PC as well. See, now that's the interesting thing is that the majority of people who have VR headsets are not using them to consume TV or to consume movies. And I think that may oh, be... Oh, I sure did. Being the, able to lie in bed and just look up and see everything you need. That's pretty cool. Nothing like it. I mean, listen, it's pretty cool, but I don't think anyone's buying the oh, hardware no. for that, that reason. Yeah, no exactly. Alright, well, listen, we want you to sound off in our online poll. Are you interested in virtual reality? Make sure you connect with us on social media. Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. And when you connect with us, make sure you sound off using the hashtag XP on air. Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Hey, welcome back to another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up this hour on Checkpoint XP, Robbie's still playing Pokemon and I can't figure out why. Plus, we're going to check out who nailed it this hour and Matthew Cote, the developer for Dead by Daylight, stops by answers a few of our questions and we're going to see who can spot the fake horror game plus it's cyber monday coming up we're going to go over some of the biggest cyber monday deals those conversations ahead here this hour on checkpoint xp but first gaming news update ladies and gentlemen we interrupt this program to bring you important news Death Stranding has shipped. Hideo Kojima has set his sights on making the scariest horror game anyone has ever seen. No, I'm not okay with this. Mm. Now, uh, PT was a short-lived horror game project at Konami that unfortunately bit the dust as Kojima was exiting the company and people loved what little they had seen of that. Kojima has said, I'll watch the scary movies in order to awaken my horror soul. Well, already, <laughs> already he's in good company rubbing elbows with Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Um... Based on what I have seen out of Death Stranding, based on what I played out of PT, I think that Hideo Kojima setting his sights squarely on horror is going to be an amazing It's going to be bananas, man, because as you alluded to, Death Stranding has tension as one of its major, major, major sort of motivations. Yep. It does it very well. It paces it very well. PT is one of the scariest games ever. 
half a game ever made. <laughs> and and, and I'm surprised. I can't do horror games, but it's a Kojima game. That, that was conflicted. my question. I'm conflicted. Because it's not just going to be a horror game. It's going to be a Kojima game. It's going to be the scariest horror I game I know, ever and I don't know if I want to subject myself to it, but I also don't want to miss, miss a Kojima Here, game. Here's what, it, here's what I see Kojima doing, because Kojima is sort of the master of subtlety. Whatever he's going to do is going to be very, I mean, like, parts of it are going to be very intense, but I yeah. think, like, the real horror is going to come from the subtlety of it. A rumor out of Rockstar says that their next big title won't be Grand Theft Auto 6 or Bully 2, but an open-world game set in a medieval time period. The leak comes courtesy of a reputable source that correctly called both GTA Online and... Red Dead Redemption. First of all, it's reputable. Second of all, is I am in. I'm in. Are they they looking to fill like the Dragon Age space? Why not? Listen, why not? I'm just really disappointed that we're not getting the sequel to the much anticipated Surfing H3O. Okay, shut up. Second of all, (laughs) is that since when have you ever played a medieval game that was good in the open world? When you really think about it, just the Dragon Ages. The Dragon Ages. That's about it. And maybe you can say Skyrim, the The Witcher. You know, Skyrim. Would you consider Skyrim medieval? Yes. Yes. Okay, medieval fine. fantasy, all right, 100%. Fine. Medieval yes. fantasy, but knowing Rockstar, they're going to base it in some form of realism, some mm-hmm. form of historical accuracy, and they're going to parody it. It's going to be the Monty Python game we all wished for. Uh, that if they go that direction, I think it would be good. Of course, all of Rockstar's games have an element of humor, but I do think to take this kind of seriously, uh, I do think that this is yet another piece of evidence to show that Rockstar is gun shy about going into GTA 6. I think that they're really worried about the political climate. I don't think a lot of their same jokes would fly. I think that they've got a real problem with GTA 6 and they're putting as many projects between them and GTA 6 as possible. Why would they, they're making money off 5 still. Why make a new GTA? Because it's been almost a decade. We're making billions of dollars it's off one game It's been almost still. a Who decade. Cares? We still count checks. A man in China has spent over $1.4 million Talking on, about his, sex. on his character in an online game called Justice Online. Oh, my God. He lent the character to a friend of his, and First the mistake. friend accidentally sold it for $552. <laughs> now, to be fair, he did end up getting the character back. Uh, it's still so, in litigation. No, he, he got the character back. For sure, he got the character back. Uh, so he didn't lose his investment. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yep. So, so, sorry. Yes. The, the, the well, the he definitely lost a friend. And yeah, that oh, yeah. friend yeah. is lucky he didn't yeah. lose his uh, life. But uh, uh, he did reportedly have to pay uh, 12,789 damages in players or, or in damages to the player who yes. bought the pricey character on the cheap. I did see that. Oh, man. Could you imagine? No. Could you imagine? I can't imagine spending $1.2 million on a digital version of myself. If no one recalls the three-book deal that Ninja signed earlier this year, you'd be forgiven. But here is your reminder. On December 3rd, Ninja, the most dangerous game, the premier (laughs) streamer's graphic novel debuts. Charlie Hall of Polygon did a review saying, 
Ninja's comic book turns Tyler Blevins into a digital Jesus. <laughs> um, so Neo from the Matrix. I'm not. Uh, we, I'm can, not we can hope that that's as bad as it gets. I am not here for this. Well, I, 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 don't, I, I, don't I volunteer it. as tribute when this comes out, guys. I will read it and I will give you a review. And you may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> yes. By the way, if you don't know who Ninja is, I don't know what kind of rock you've been living under for the last two years. But he's only the biggest streamer on the planet. That's why he got this comic book deal. But yeah, I think trying to turn him into some kind of digital fi- messiah, yeah, digital figurehead is uh, more than ridiculous. Star Citizen is a game that began development seven years ago and is still in alpha design. At this year's Citizen Con, the developers announced a 40-person theater of war battle. Oh, God. It will be a multi-phase, multiplayer, cooperative, competitive mode combining first-person shooter, surface vehicles, and space vehicle combat. Everything that I hear out of this game is just incomprehensible nonsense. Buzzwords. Yes, Just buzzwords. buzzwords. Gross. As we eagerly await the release of Cyberpunk 2077, the company is already working on a multiplayer game set in the same world. It's in the early stages of development and would be the developer's first attempt at a multiplayer game. I, I'm really, I, I really like what they're doing with this Cyberpunk license. It's an in, entire genre onto itself. Everything I've seen from Cyberpunk is exciting. I would prefer them to get the main game done Thank you. and yep. finished and completed before they start thinking about multiplayer. But hey, I mean, you know, maybe that's a good sign that this game is ready to roll on its actual launch day. I don't know. We'll see. That's all for the Checkpoint XP gaming update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. Does anyone remember Battleborn? Unfortunately. Oh, okay, cool. Someone. Uh, You'd be forgiven if you didn't, but it's making headlines one final time. Robbie, why are we talking about a game that was never relevant in the first place? Yeah, so uh, Battleborn was uh, an attempt at a multiplayer game. It was kind of meshing the Overwatch genre of like hero shooters with League of Legends MOBA battles. Okay. Uh, It came out pretty much the exact same day as Overwatch did, and it was crushed. It was uh, now, crushed. this is notable because it's not just some game that was trying to crib on, you know, Overwatch's concept or bring, you know, League of to Legends to new. shooters. Well, they it were was. true contemporaries, well, true competitors. But it was developed by Gearbox Studios, the same people who make the Borderlands franchise yeah. and are loved by people worldwide. You would think that this game would have everything at its back to at least. Take a chunk out of Overwatch. Yep, and the reason it's making the headlines, though, is that uh, as of January 2021, they will be taking it offline, and it will vanish completely. You will not even be able to play the single-player PvE version. See, here's the... That's that's dumb. Here's the major issue I have And this is not a free game. People bought this game. That's a major issue I have with this. It is back in the day, you bought a game, you had it forever. Even if it was a game online that had multiplayer, they took multiplayer offline, you still could play play the single single player player experience. If your game is completely server-based, digital-based, your Fortnites, your League of Legends, your Overwatches, games that depend... It's very core mechanics on being online. The moment they take those servers down, you cannot play the game yeah, anymore. You just now own dead software. Congratulations. Congratulations. You paid, you paid $60 to not be able to access anything. And the thing about this is, is that we first started seeing this kind of like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's gone now. Acceptance with 
MMORPGs, yes. uh, online RPGs, where you know you've got multi of multi millions of people connecting to the world and playing on a persistent world. But when they turn the servers off, there actually is no acceptable way to be able to still run that no game. No legal you, way. You need the servers in order to be able to play it. That's not the case with Battleborn. There is a a offline component, a single player component that is going to be non-accessible as soon as this is taken off the market, as soon as the servers are closed. I think that that's a really, really bad look. No, it's a super bad look, and what makes it worse is that at least with uh, big online multiplayer games like World of Warcraft, there have been many games that have had homebrew servers, that have had, for lack of a better term, pirate servers, that even the developers themselves turn a blind eye to because sure. they, I think every developer wants people to continue playing their game. Yeah. But in this case, you're probably not going to see any of that because none of this whatsoever will exist online anywhere. It I have will to, be gone. It will be as if Battleborn never existed. I have to wonder if someone isn't eventually going to end up suing because of this. I think I, there's a case. I think that there is a case here as well, especially because there has been a very dedicated contingent of users that have been trying to pop up, uh, prop up Battleborn. Uh, All going, seven of them. Yeah, but going to lengths, uh, you know, as far as organizing events to try to save Battleborn. And I think you're going to be met with a lot of really angry people who can't even play an online, you know, first first person, you know, a uh, single player version of the game anymore. Listen, we want to hear from you. Are you upset about Battleborn or is this just another game that's being thrown on the passage of time? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, Matthew Cote from Dead by Daylight is going to be hanging out with us. He's We're also going to play a game. We're going to pit he and I to see who can figure out which uh, which horror movies are fake? My money's on him. I don't know, man. I, I know my horror movies. He makes horror games. I know my horror movies. But uh, but I had next. Robbie, you're still playing Pokemon, and I got to know why. Stick around. We're also going to find out who nailed it. Coming up next on Checkpoint XP. Ready. That. Go. Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Robbie's still playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. Put it down, Robbie. We have a radio show to do. I can do both. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the Sports Hub of Boston, as well as the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Check out our website over at CheckpointXP.com and while you're there, make sure you sign up for the Checkpoint XP Nation newsletter. Get behind the scenes insight, photos, and access to contests and unique content. All it takes is an email address and a zip code. So sign up today at CheckpointXP.com Last week, we talked about the release of the brand new Pokemon game Sword and Shield and uh, we talked a little bit about the issue known as 
Dexit. Please stop calling it that. No, just don't. I stop. won't. It's a clever little name for it, and I think that it actually fits it perfectly. So, Dexit was where over 500 different Pokemon were deleted for no reason it wasn't from that the dramatic. game. They just didn't bring them over. No, they were deleted from the game. They didn't even have to make new character models, Robbie. They brought the same character models from the 3DS oh, over to the go. Switch. Okay. So they didn't even have to do any okay. graphical work. So anyway, uh, I understand, Robbie, that you, in fact, got Dexit uh, That's right, Nate. So I have to go to Twitter now. I threw my game away. I, my, that's my right. My Twitch is in the trash. Good. Good. No, I'm still playing. Because... Because like an adult, when I found out that a Pokemon that I thought was going to be in there, so I guess, yes, in a way, I kind of got dexited. I thought that Rowlet, who was a grass type from Sun and Moon, eventually becomes a grass ghost. Very, very powerful type advantage. I thought I was going to be able to use him, and it turns out I wasn't. So well, but I had you, to redo my whole roster. But you were grown up, and you decided to That's make right. a new team, just like a logical human being would. Listen, I don't get caught up in this mess, because every gen I play Pokemon, I start off with the Pokemon that are actually in the game. Because I don't have any of these fever dreams that I'm going to bring all my Pokemon over and somehow be competitive and, and, and go to these tournaments and beat other people. Nate, I'm going to look at you in the face <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that you are not competitive. Kabutops will never be competitive. I will have you know that I entered a tournament at San Diego Comic-Con and then never showed up. But that's, listen, that's neither here. You're not competitive. That's neither here nor there. I'm just expecting a feature of a game that they've put in the previous seven games and then arbitrarily took out for their eighth game. All right. I think that's a pretty big betrayal of the, the core audience there. Well, you continue to throw your tantrum over there. I will. I actually have a list here, courtesy of The Gamer, and these are games for kids that we still play as adults. The okay, there's ga- got to be a big list. The Gamer? The Gamer. Wow, yeah. a real original mm-hmm. website. Yeah. Did our friend <laughs> did, did our friend Gamer start this website? Uh, probably not. Uh, so we have here Nintendo Labo. Oh. All right, yeah, the Labo. But I mean, look, I've I, never I, I, seen a grown person thank use you. a yeah, Labo. I see those as an adult, and I'm just like, no, absolutely not. What is the Nintendo Labo? It's so, like the cardboard thing. Yeah, right? so yeah. Nintendo Labo are basically cardboard, like little construction projects that you can do to then put your your Switch in them. So, like, there's a piano one where you put, you know, you make a piano out of cardboard, put your Switch in it, and when you play the keys, Hang it on. actually plays it on the thing. Hang on. So you mean to tell me I just paid $500 for this piece of electronics and now you want me to put it in cardboard? There, there's also one for fishing. I'll tell you this. It's pretty creative. When you actually see it in practice, it's pretty creative. Yeah, yeah but no grown-ups are playing it. Absolutely not. Right. Yeah, a strong wind can undo the Nintendo Labo. <laughs> what about Minecraft? What about Minecraft? See, okay, I feel like people, grown people who still play Minecraft are a little weird. Yeah, they're a, li- they're a little creepy. Yeah. Producer Chad plays Minecraft. He's weird. Chad, you're weird. Okay, well, yeah, we're going there. That's fine. Um, does anybody remember ARMS on the Nintendo Unfortunately, Switch? I do. Or no, can... no, was that on the Wii? 
No, no, can, that, that was a Switch. Yeah. It was a Switch game. Who can forget ARMS? But for those that didn't play basically the tech demo that came with yeah. the Switch, explain what ARMS it, is. It's a fighting game where you're fighting. No, it's not. <laughs> it, 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 it is, is not. Oh, it who, is a fighting game, Norris. And who's triggered now, <laughs> Norris? Who's triggered now? It's not a fighting game. You have game. springy arms that you like fight each other with. It's like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's actually the best comparison yes. I've heard. Uh, Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, fair. I will give you that. Yeah, a lot, lot of people great. still still get caught up with uh, Tom Nook and his student loans is essentially what it is. <laughs> yeah, I need to improve my Tom Nook credit score. <laughs> oh, uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy. And I'm going right. to throw in Crash Bandicoot because it's, it's it's on this list as well. No, but I, I think okay. that's cool. My, yeah. my girlfriend, that's like the only video game she plays is the Spy- Spyro game. Yeah, Spyro, I will give you 100%. They're, they're solid platformers. But I don't know that Crash Bandicoot was made for kids. Well, here, here, there's here. nothing that excludes kids, but I don't know okay. that it's made for I kids. I mean, when it came out, it definitely came out in an era that I think video games were still... The kids thing the kids to, do. to do. I will give you that the Insane Trilogy and Spyro Reignited, I think that those were remastered specifically to play on our nostalgia as adults. That's probably fair, yeah. What about all the Lego games? Oh, totally. Yeah. Some of the best games that I've played in recent so memory. So when you say the Lego games, you mean like Lego Star Wars, yeah. Lego Batman? Yeah. Yeah. I've okay. actually, up until E3, had never actually played a Lego game before. I was really surprised how like in-depth those are and how, how like uh, 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 just complex they are. Which Lego game did you get the, to try? The newest Star Wars that oh, has really? like, all nine movies in it. Yeah, that's, I think, the most important, uh, or I'm sorry, the most impressive thing uh, about those games is how much content they're actually able to cram in. They are just like the Marvel uh, Avengers success in that you have the same characters, the same assets put across all these different properties. 100%. 100%. And they can upscale, too, because they're just Lego blocks. Now, of course, Pokemon's on this list. Duh. 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 Mario Kart. All right, fair. That's, I, I know quite a few adults who play Mario Kart. I was going to say. I was yeah. going to say. That, no, that's not a game for children because <laughs> it also contains murder. There's nothing that's ever sent me into a murder rage like like Mario Kart. Maybe you're Getting, the one who shouldn't be playing it then. Oh, you, then you've never been blue-shelled right before the finish line. I, I That's called strategy. Not usually that good at Mario Kart. And then the final one, Just Dance. Well, Nate could use some Just Dance right now. Oh, could use a lot come of he could use on. Calisthenics yeah. I could life. probably, you know, get up and moving a little bit more, but Just Dance is not going to be the way that I do I, it. I, I feel like DDR should have been, been yeah, that, that one. Well, I don't know many kids who play DDR. I don't know many kids who play Just Dance either. There are I mean, a lot of kids that play Just Dance. All right, well, we're going to have to leave it right there. Uh, it's time now for Nailed It and Failed It. We already found out who failed it this week, and if you missed it, make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com. So now, let's check out who nailed it. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it on Checkpoint XP Radio. This week's Nailed It is Team Runaway, who are looking at forming a League of Legends team. Let's check out a clip from their win at Korean Overwatch Contenders. Can they actually extend this? Oh my god, the mic's on the side, but it's not enough! It's not enough! gonna plummet, and that just should be the end! Runaway, they finally got it! The third attempt! They get the championship win! We got more confetti! Don't worry, guys! We're gonna pop some more off! The third time out! 
They manage to push themselves over the finish line. They get the victory. So uh, this is a highly, highly competitive team in Overwatch that uh, became ended up becoming the Vancouver Titans, mm-hmm. and now they have set their sights on uh, League of Legends as well. Yeah, they have. And Runaway, if you you had couldn't hear it by the clip, by the way, is this a bajillion screaming fangirls? They're straight up like K-pop level popular. Uh, there were people Korea. crying. There were people in tears, including the team uh, at that uh, contenders win. And Runaway is a big deal in Korea in their move to Overwatch League as the Titans was heralded as a big deal. So seeing them wanting to get involved in League of Legends is absolutely amazing. And, and people are going to be even more excited about Runaway. Now. You can always find out who nailed it and who failed it, according to Checkpoint XP over at our website. CheckpointXP.com And do you know someone who nailed it? Maybe they epically failed it. Maybe they just left their controller there and their character wasn't doing anything. I don't know. You send it our way. Make a submission over at our website CheckpointXP.com Earlier this week, we got to speak with Matthew Cote, lead developer for Dead by Daylight. For those unfamiliar with the game, Dead by Daylight is a multiplayer 1v4 survival horror game where one player takes the role of a savage killer and four other players take the role of survivors trying to escape. He actually talked with us about some of the inspiration that goes into the dev team and what they draw on when creating an original new killer. The other example that comes to mind is obviously a Lullaby for the Dark. So when we created the hunt we uh, we went to dig a little bit into like Eastern European, uh, Russian, Ukraine, uh, these corners. Uh, we, f- we found that the, the lullaby itself is actually a lot of our Russian fans uh, sort of lost their minds because this is the, the song that their mothers sang to them as a kid. Oh, you know? man. <laughs> uh, so for them, it really connected with something uh, visceral. Uh, but but it was really fun to go and, and check what are the, the local legends, you know, the, the urban legends, the folklore, the mythology uh, in these regions. And we created a character. I think it's one of the most cosplayed characters. It's also one of the most iconic ones. It's, it's instantly recognizable. Uh, so definitely that's something that we, we enjoyed doing quite a lot. And there are... That's one of the things is, yes, we, we could continue and do 20 more chapters in the world of Eastern European folklore. He also spoke with us about some of the items that are going to be going on sale during their Black Friday sale. Almost the whole store is 30% off, 50% off on the characters, wow. except for Stranger Things, which is 30%. Wow. And that's including most of the other licenses. And it's until 11 EST uh, on the December 5th on all platforms. And make sure you check out Dead by Daylight, available on PS4, Xbox, Switch, and Steam. All right, well, coming up next on Checkpoint XP, Matthew's actually going to stick around, and we're going to find out who can spot the fake horror movie better. Is it me or is it Matthew? Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Ready. 
that. Go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Matthew Cote, game designer for Dead by Daylight, is hanging out with us here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on CBS Sports Radio 1300 in Baltimore, as well as WCBT 1230 in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. For all the latest in college esports, make sure you check out Checkpoint XP on campus. Our own Norris Howard hosts alongside Jacob Brothers and Daniel Agbuya from the University of Las Vegas. They bring you all the biggest stories in collegiate esports from a perspective of the students who live and breathe it. Check it out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com, or look for Checkpoint XP on campus wherever you get your podcasts. So Matthew Cote was nice enough to stick around through the break, uh, developer for Dead by Daylight. And, you know, Robbie, I guess you've got a list of horror movies, and we're going to try to spot the fake. I have not spoiled myself, right, so, so I, I remain a contestant. So we're going to play with uh, with Nate and Matthew here. So uh, it's uh, uh, it's called Real or Fake Horror Movie. So I'm going to give you the title oh, of a okay. horror movie, and you guys got to tell me if it's real or if it's fake. Okay. All right. So the first one, The Month of Blood. That's fake. That's real. I saw that. Really? Who was in it? Because according to this, it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> what? I saw that. I know I saw that. Oh, you're going to have to look up proof then. Oh, uh, where's how, my IMDb? I love how where's quick my IMDb was to, say, to call me out and know it was fake. Because I did put these fake ones in, by the uh-huh. way. All right, so the next one is called Q, the Winged Serpent. Q? Mm-hmm. Q? The Winged Serpent. That's Q? fake. Colon, that's, that's, the Winged Serpent. That's fake. Now, that's true. That's a real thing. From 1982, starring David Carradine and directed by Larry Cohen. That oh, is real. No. Um, <laughs> I came in very confident two for two. to this game. Two to zero right now. <laughs> All right. The next one. Barn of the Naked Dead. See, now I'm going to wait for Matthew's answer and parrot what he says. That uh, does sound made up. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds super fake. Is that your final answer? Oh, yes, no. it's made up. Yes. That is real from 1973, directed by Alan Rudolph. Yep. Well, I'm making a note of that. <laughs> a lot of stuff after those, like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, they got a lot of spoofs. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. There's some weird movies out there. I don't doubt it. All right. yeah. Curse of the Space Flies 2, The Hatchlings. That's true. Okay, I guess I'm going to go with true. He sounds very confident on that, that one. That one is fake, unfortunately. <laughs> See, I knew that. I did it to screw with you. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. All right. You did a good job at screwing with us. All right. The Devil's Lettuce, Attack of the Weed Zombies. I swear I've heard this before. I, sw- I, I promise you I've heard this movie title before. I think that's real. I, I think so too. Oh, unfortunately, you're both wrong. That no! one's fake as well. You guys wow, started off so well. Oh no! I a little less than you. <laughs> I, was so, I was so excited because I was like, "Man, he's gonna get these all right." I, that's what I thought so too at first. I'm like, "He has a pro with this." All right, we got a few more here. Okay. Uh, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. That's true. That's real. Real 2006, directed by Lloyd Kaufman. Okay, you know? yes, I, I've spent yeah. I've spent enough time at Thomas Video in my youth to know that that one's real. I will say I recommend that one if you want a really bad fun oh, movie. Oh boy, <laughs> uh, the it's screaming, yeah, the screaming of the trees. Uh, I think that's fake. That's a band. I'll say true. I'll that's say a band, true. I think. 
that one is fake. It yeah. was based yeah. off the it's band. Right, yes. <laughs> I based the name off the band. Yes. Right, well, we got me. two more here. Right. Two more here. My eyes see red. Hmm. That could go either that's way. A good title. It's, it's yeah, not. That's a, yeah, it's not a movie that I've ever heard of, but my eyes see red. I'm gonna I'll, say. I'll say. I'll say it's true. I'll say fake. That is a fake one. Ah, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are actually tied now. So here we go. We got the last one here. All right. Deathbed. We can't answer the same thing or else it's going to be a tie. That's true. That's true. Uh, unless we, we, we don't mind being yeah, tied yeah. and we're friends forever after that. <laughs> did we so just become best friends? Here it I is. Think we did. Deathbed, the bed that eats. Oh, that's true. That is definitely true. I have seen that movie. That's right. Real from 1977, directed by George Barry. <laughs> I guess we're best friends, best friends now. Best friends Matthew Cote, game director on Dead by Daylight, has been our guest. Matthew, man, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. This is Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. All right, we're coming up on the, one of my favorite times of the year, oh, which is oh, really, yes, really now Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Oh, you oh, never okay. worked retail. <laughs> that, that's what that is right there, man. I did, but not around this time. Oh, I, I, I purposefully took myself out of the job pool, saved all my money so I could spend it on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Well, lucky you. And we actually have some pretty great deals coming up uh, 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 this Cyber Monday and Black Friday as well. Uh, if you're into the Xbox... Microsoft fanboy, which I realize that none all of us four are, of you. but uh, you can get the Xbox One S all digital edition. That means it doesn't come with the disk drive. You just download everything onto it. $150. And that's bundled with three games. And, that and Including, and I from that say. selection, you can actually get Jedi Fallen Order as well. That's pretty good. That's yep. a hell of a deal. Uh, you can get the One S for 200 and the Xbox One X for 350 with those bundles as well. I gotta say, that, that is a dynamite deal. If I was ever gonna pick up an Xbox, this would be the time. Uh, yeah, but I can't play no Death Stranding on it, so... See, this is, this is the big problem yep. here, is those exclusives, Sony's got them. Well, if you do have a Microsoft fanboy in your life, you can also stop over to GameStop and get them the uh, Game Pass Ultimate three-month subscription. Normally, that would be $45. For $27. And what that allows them to do is play any game that they want on the Microsoft Game Pass. So that's a really great deal. It really is game a Pass. great deal. And and you don't need to own a Microsoft bespoke console to be able to take advantage no, of that. No, legit Game well. Pass is like one of the best values out there in it really anything is. dealing with games. I used to say that PlayStation Plus was, but yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with yeah. uh, with Game Pass. Uh, Microsoft also offering up to 50% off of some of their in-house titles, such as Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. I might actually be picking that Ooh, up. Actually. That's a that's, good that's, one. That's, that's a real good list. one. Uh, PlayStation are selling all of their hit games for $9.99. Oh, wow. That really? If you haven't gotten it already, Horizon Zero Dawn. And God oh. of War. Yep. Oh, Anything man. that's a PlayStation hit, 10 bucks. And listen, there's a lot that falls under that banner, which means that there's a lot that's going to be $10. I would absolutely be surfing the Sony store uh, over the, uh, the, the coming, uh, you know, 
consumer holidays. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, Sony, of course, also uh, putting some bundles on sale. You can get a PS4 bundle for $200. features a one-terabyte system Oof. and comes All with right. three award-winning titles. The Last of Us Remastered, God of War, and Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. Man. Again, strong deal. Man. But, I mean, it, it, it sucks because this is going to be the last Christmas for these consoles in it this is. cycle. Mm, yeah. So I almost want to put out, you know, a caveat emptor, if you will, for all the people out there buying consoles, because next year is going to be a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then there's select PlayStation exclusive games for only $20. Oof. We are talking Days Gone, Marvel's Spider-Man, oh, that's Game a of the Year one. edition. Oh, the full, with all the, the DLC. You should get thing. it. You should get all it now, the DLC. Nate. Amazing deals. Do you think you're interested in picking up? Maybe send somebody else the tweet and and give them an idea of what you want for a gift for the holidays. Make sure you connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Coming up next on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with our social media followers and find out what non-main character, what sidekick in a video game deserves their own spinoff game. Stick around. That conversation is ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are on break, but they'll be back in early 2020. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. November will wrap up with DreamHack Open Winter. That'll be running from November 29th through December the 1st. December will play host to the Capcom Cup, bringing the world's best Street Fighter players together. That event will run from December 13th through the 15th in Los Angeles. December 13th through the 15th will also play host to the DreamHack Open Sevilla, welcoming CSGO players from around the world. Wrapping up the esports year will be Epicenter 2019 in Moscow. That'll be running December 17th through the 22nd. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with Dream League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th in Leipzig, Germany. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's at CheckpointXP.com. Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. It's Checkpoint XP's social media question. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Jack Sports Radio 1010XL in Jacksonville, Florida, as well as ESPN Radio 99.3 in Fort Myers. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at CheckpointXP.com. You can also follow us on social media. That's CheckpointXP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram, so that you can respond to our weekly social media question. This week, we asked what non-main character do you think deserves their own game? What second banana? What sidekick deserves <laughs> their own video game? And I'm going to kick us off here. Oh, boy. Because when I was a kid, I really liked Sonic. Like, around Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic and Knuckles. I was very into those games. Okay. And I liked Knuckles. Knuckles was my favorite character. because you're angsty. 
And they never gave him his own spinoff I mean, game, did they? I mean, they never gave him his, you got, his true you got, only. You got Shadow the Hedgehog. Who cares about Shadow the Hedgehog? The, the closest he got was Sonic and Knuckles. They kind of shared that game because you could play as either that or. That doesn't But count. that's not his game. That no, doesn't agree. count. I, I need it to be Knuckles and Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckles and more Knuckles. Yes. Uh, the thing is, is that based on that Sonic and Knuckles game, I always thought, man, I would love to have a Knuckles. Knuckles only game. You know where I want a Knuckles to show up? Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Ooh, yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong there. Oh, that's that'd a good one. That's sweet. a good one. Uh, for my answer, Mass Effect. I know where you're going. <laughs> no, that's the answer. Just any of them, all of it. Yeah. Any, anybody from Mass Effect. Literally, pick any character, even the most most milk toast characters. Get, get a get Caden, who I hate. I kill him on the planet that you nuke every single time. No question <laughs> asked. I'd take a side game based on him. So, I feel you. But, but Bioware can't make it. Well, okay, but... So why'd they make Andromeda? If it, if, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> if if that's what you wanted out of Mass Effect, why would question. they Nate, go and Nate, go the opposite way Nate, with it? Nate, what? what? Welcome to being a Mass Effect fan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I understand now. Uh-huh. All right. Now, for make my us, choice... Make us happy again, Norris. For my choice, I'm going somewhere. It's a bit low-hanging fruit. They tried to give it to us halfway, Uh-oh. but... I'm going to say Cyborg Ninja. Gray Fox. Gray Fox from Metal Gear Solid. Honestly, almost anyone in Metal Gear Solid would have been a good answer. Gray Fox. Problem is. Sniper Wolf. Revolver Ocelot. Oh, my God. A Revolver Ocelot game. Play MGS3 from Revolver Ocelot's perspective. Hell, I would take a Meryl game. Anybody. Anyone. But it Ugh. suffers the same problem as Mass Effect. Konami would be making it. Well, yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is a problem. Sucks. That is a problem. Sorry. But you know what? I, I got another one just off the top of my head, and that's uh, Baltier from Final Fantasy 12, okay. which is who the game should have been about <laughs> in the first place. Does that count? Does that still count? Yes. Yeah, no. Mm, totally. I, I mean, actually, I think at one point in development, that he was, was. Yeah. the guess character. Retail Hell, that's not what happened. They gave us Vaughn some... Oh, I was about to say a word I can't say on radio. <laughs> With spray on ass. But, but yes, but he sucks. And I hate him. And I never used him. It was always Baltier, Fron, Ash, why, main party. Why'd they have to make Vaughn look like 1995 Michael Jackson? Oh. I don't know, okay? It's weird. Him That's and, all I'm saying. Him and Pinello are pointless. Yeah, you know, you're know, you right. All right, let's take a look at some of the responses that were coming in over social media. So, uh, first one I need to call out here, Alex over on Facebook says, Captain Falcon. There's clearly more he to him. He has his own game. It's called F-Zero. He says there's more to him than racing and fighting. Uh, Ravmall on Twitter says, Trickmaster from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. I want to see all the blood, sweat, and tears he puts into his puzzles, or better yet, let me make them myself. Pokemon is the exact opposite of Mass Effect and Metal Gear, where I don't care about any of those As the characters, no, but I think he brings up an interesting idea that, that the game that Trickmaster would have is you get to make the puzzles yeah. for other people to solve. No, I, That's I underst- a cool premise. I understand that, and that is a cool premise, but if you told me Trickmaster from Pokemon, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea who that is. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Uh, let's see. S. Flynn on Twitter says the Gears of War series should have done a spinoff game about Coltrane or the Carmine family instead of Baird storyline in Judgment. I'm going to go out on a limb. I think Gears of War is a whack franchise. 
I think just it's, overall, just overall, I think is whack meathead foolishness. It's, it's definitely been uh, because I, I've played them with an old roommate of mine. Mm. We always co-op through them, and and besides that sort of multiplayer or that co-op experience. Right, there's nothing about the story that's Dude, anything more it, than especially just Coltrane. Throws. I see Coltrane, yeah. and I just think, oh my god, no, Any, no. Anyone that creates a character that makes John DiMaggio have to deliver it like he's taking a persistent dump is <laughs> probably not the right way to go with a character. Oh. I, listen, John DiMaggio is my favorite voice actor ever. He has done Bender in Futurama. He's uh, he's doing Disenchantment right now. What he's am I, Waka ulti- in FF10. Waka in FF10. And that's the thing. This guy can create so many different voices and you're just going to have him do the wrestler voice the whole time, brother? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it, Gears of War. Uh, back over on Facebook, uh, Robin says, Professor Oak... Okay. Tech, hold on. Okay. At least now you've got a character An from Pokemon character. that yeah. I recognize. Is Pokemon Snap not his game? No, you don't play as you don't, Professor you're not, Oak. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. What is the Professor Oak game? Do we do we like? really do we really talk about like do we lead into Professor Oak actually like getting with Ash's mom? Because that's my head cannon. <laughs> that is my head cannon. It's a dating sim. Yeah, that's my head cannon. It's a dating sim. Weird and then, beard has a. And then once every like couple of days, you have to give a, a new group of kids new Pokemon. Yes, I love it. Yes. I I'm getting a little uh, <clears throat> brave here to be able to share mine. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. Um. Doing it for the meme, Waluigi might actually be a very good character to have a game. Who you? It's literally zero anything in the Mario universe. You can make whatever you do want. You know what he I'm is gonna, kind of a blank slate. I will give you that. You yeah. could do anything. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Waluigi deserves his own. Yes, game. he's been in all the Mario games, essentially, from Mario Tennis to Mario, like Mario Kart. Anything. All the side and games. And he's in all the sports side games yeah. because that's all Waluigi is interested in is. He doesn't want to be in the spotlight. He's yeah. just you a, a squash he's game. He's up for playing some squash. Super cool. into sports. <laughs> but other than that, he's going to live his own life. Here's the thing is that I, I and I, I will back you up on this, Rick. I do think that his exclusion from Smash Brothers has kind of set the the tone for him having his own game and having it be it successful like hotcakes. Give me my Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> Another one over on Twitter. Reverse Gremlin says dog meat. Okay, no! wait, hang on. From Fallout, hang yeah. on, hang on. Now, now, I I could see this if they did it like they did the cat simulator. Right, where you're just playing a, a dog cat? simulator, but in the wasteland? Yes. No, just make it Okami and give him magical powers. I, magical I, paint I, powers? I don't yes. know. That's I, I, I kind of like the idea of a dog simulator in the wasteland. How long can you survive? That's yeah. literally just all it is. That's How long can you survive? the most depressing thing I've ever heard. It's like combining Fallout 4 with Plague Dogs, one of the saddest oh. movies ever made. Yes. Oh. I'm here for this. Oh, man. Uh, also over on Twitter, Enyo says a Little Sister origin story for Bioshock. Ooh. I thought that's... Didn't they do a DLC? Te- technically, that? Burial at Sea is looking for someone, I think, who was who was turned into a Little Sister, but I don't know that it was the Little Sister origin story specifically. Okay. Alright, one more. Alright, one more. Uh, T-Money says Sergeant Major Johnson from Halo. No. Uh, Just a hard no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't argue. I've never played Halo. All right. That's where we're going to have to leave it. But make sure you follow us on social media so that you can make your voice heard on next week's social media question. It's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Thanks for joining us for Checkpoint XP. For more info on the show, links to articles and the Checkpoint XP podcast, then head on over to CheckpointXP.com. And, of course, make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities, Tennessee, as well as ESPN Phoenix 620. And remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion. And, of course, make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities, Tennessee, as well as ESPN Phoenix 620. And remember to come back for more video game news and discussion. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. I want to thank my crew. Lead segment producing by Norris Howard. Pizza procurement by Weird Beard. Producing and booking help from Chad Callahan. And, of course, my co-host, Robbie Landis and Norris Howard. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening.